0: Lord in the next few moments I pray that you give clarity and Father I pray that uh, those who might be confused Lord just that truth uh, could be present and that truth would set hearts and minds free and Father uh, for those who might be busy Lord I pray for a moment of stillness that they could hear and listen and Lord that they can know your peace that passes understanding that they could enter into some of that rest that you offer us now. And Lord, for those who are struggling with guilt, Lord, I pray that you would please remove shame and wipe away that with forgiveness. And those who are lonely, Lord, I pray, Father, that, that you administer to them in such a way that they know that you are Emmanuel, God, with them, that you never leave us alone. And so, Lord, I pray these things, even though that we're talking about something very specific today, I pray that your spirit would minister to each person as needed with those who walked in today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read to you uh, Romans 12, uh, verses 1 through something or other. I can't remember. I I can just know on the page where I'm supposed to end. Um, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. And then one other verse, 1 Peter four ten. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Can you imagine Highland and every single person in this church understanding the way that God gifted them and, and understanding their purpose in such a way that they were moving in such a way that, that we were fully living and fully having the impact In the world around us, the way that God intended us. Could you imagine every individual at Highland motivated by the love of God and love for others to live beyond themselves? Can can you imagine every individual in this church being fulfilled by that service and not drained, but instead energized? by their service because they're contributing to the mission of God. There's no burnout, no guilt, but instead, every individual operating in the freedom that God gave in Christ. God has given each of us a gift. And the question today is not only what is my gift, but how do I best use that gift? If you aren't catching it another word for using your spiritual gift is serving and so if you have a gift given by god why serve with the called out ones the church well there's there's two great commands that give you a great big why first greatest command love god with all you got second big reason the second greatest command love others as you love yourself those are two big reasons of why you should use your gift to serve alongside with the called out ones because it is a way to love and honor God and it's a way to love and build up others why why should you serve with your gift alongside with the called out ones because serving is also a form of worship Offer yourselves, your very bodies, as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. This service or, or use of our gifts is done not out of our own strength and it's not done for our own glory, even though each of one of us will be tempted to do so. We'll be tempted to do it out of our own strength, And we'll be tempted to use our gifts for our own glory. The use of spiritual gifts or service strengthens the church. It strengthens this church to carry out her mission. The use of spiritual gifts happens within the body of Christ and outside the body of Christ. It's connected to God's mission and what he wants to do. I I do want to clarify something, though, before I go on, uh, about serving or using your gifts, and, and before we talk about discovering spiritual gifts and how best to use them, I, I want to clarify this word, using. You know, I, I, my kids have all been hyped up about the Hunger Games, reading the books, go see the movies, and, and you know, it was, it was filmed here in Asheville, and, and uh, so anyway, they've been all hyped up about it, and one of the major themes in this book is the idea of people being used in a real negative way, manipulated, being pawns, and uh, and and it's done by an, a clear cut enemy in the book. But then what happens is the heroine of the book is also tempted to use people, and she does. And it's one of the sad things, and and at the end end of the series, there is kind of a sadness in it all, because there's all these people that have been used. I want you to know that God doesn't want to use you like that, that it isn't about using you like a tool. I want you to be careful about saying things like, I want to be used by God. You are more than a tool or machine in God's hand. You are his child. And he paid a price for you, and as a child, he wants relationship with you. He wants to know you. Be careful when you talk about being used, because Pharaoh was used by God. Balaam was used by God. Judas was used by God. Pilate was used by God. I don't want to be used in that sense, do you? Instead, I I want to know him and I want to be known by him. I I want to freely offer up my service to him as my worship. My my focus of, of knowing God is so much more important than a focus on being used. Knowing God, knowing him results in fruit of his spirit If you doubt that, John 17, three, Jesus Christ said, this is eternal life, to know the one true God and the one he sent, Jesus Christ. And like Sue was explaining to the children, in knowing him, in that sense, comes not only with the gift of life, but comes with another gift, this spiritual gift or gifts that he gives. You know, if I use my God-given gifts but I bear none of the fruit of God, I'm worthless. The Bible says if I use my gift and there is not the fruit of the Spirit in my life, if there's no love, if there's no joy, there's no peace, no kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, if there's none of that in my life, I'm just a bunch of noise. I'm just making noise. It's all show, nothing of substance. In fact, the Bible says, I would be nothing if I used my gifts, but there was no fruit from knowing God. Do you get what I'm saying here? It's so important that our focus is him and knowing him. This, this whole gift thing is, is kind of second, it's very secondary, third, fourth on the list. But it is something that we need to talk about. But I want to make sure that you understand The use of spiritual gifts is exciting, but if you pursue them without also pursuing your connection to Jesus, you're gonna head for trouble. Remember, we pursue the giver and everything else falls in place. If you're just pursuing gifts, trouble, warning lights, careful, caution, so 1 Peter 4, 20, 10, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. You know, there's two things this verse points out. One, each of the called out ones has received a gift. You may not realize it, or it might lie dormant within you, but if you have received Jesus Christ in faith and have received his grace, then you have also received a gift, Two, the second thing this verse points out is that his gift isn't meant to benefit ourselves. It's meant to benefit others for God's mission. So, what is a spiritual gift? It's not a natural gift. Isn't the opposite of spiritual natural? Natural is what happens in the flesh, in the material, physical world. Yeah, spiritual gift is not a natural gift, a born with it physical ability. A spiritual gift is spiritual and it is not given at physical birth but given at your second birth. Just as your second birth is supernatural, so is your spiritual gift. It is supernatural. It is an ability given by the Holy Spirit and distributed to every believer according to God's design and his grace. We don't get to choose. We don't get to choose our gift. It's not by our choice. It, and it's given, it's given for the common good of the body of Christ. It's given for administering, for serving, for sharing the grace of Christ to the world. At the beginning of this message, I, I read from Romans 12, and that, that gives example of, of some spiritual gifts if you want to get an idea of what some of the other spiritual gifts are that are listed in the Bible, and and I don't know I I don't know if, if this list is exhaustive or not. If there are other spiritual gifts out there, there are some who do believe that there are more than what's listed here. But this will give you an idea. Uh, you can look. Just remember twelve. There's Romans twelve, and then there's First Corinthians twelve. And both those. 12, 12 chapters, you'll find examples and lists of, of some of these spiritual gifts. Ephesians 4 also lists some. Spiritual gifts are divine endowments. We do not earn them, we do not choose them. They are given, and they're given by the Holy Spirit. And without Him, without the Holy Spirit, there are no spiritual gifts. They are used for spiritual purposes. They are given to each believer by God's design, confirming that you have a place of service, a place where you belong, a place with purpose. They're given for power and for purpose in ministry. It's so that you can operate in confidence. God gives these gifts to his children, to believers, And therefore, those who do not have Christ do not have spiritual gifts as described in the Bible. They might have natural gifts given to them at birth, but not spiritual gifts. Your spiritual gift indicates what you do best, what God has given you to do best, and gives you confidence that you'll be competent to do what God has asked you to do and what he puts before you. But there's also how God wired you as a human being. The things that are natural. The things that you were born with the first time. Those things do play a part. Your natural physical design. You have a, a style and you have a passion. What, what do I mean by style? I, I mean that some of you may struggle in a task-oriented service. You know, if it's just working with your hands and building or making or cleaning or or something like that, you, you struggle with that kind of stuff. But you gravitate towards people-oriented service. If it's, if it's got people in it, you're there. And you know how to move in the in and outs of those dynamics with people. Others of you are are drained by people. I mean, you know that you got to interact with people. You, you know you, you, you love people. God tells you to love people. But at the end of the day, you're exhausted. And you have to go retreat by yourself. That's what I mean by you're drained by people. But instead, you're charged up by task-oriented service. You, you, you go after those things. And at, when you're done with it, when most peace, people are worn out, you're kind of pumped. I mean, you may be physically tired, but you're kind of like, I'm ready to do it again. Bring it on. This, you know, the way that we're wired, some may be more people-oriented, some people, your style is more task-oriented. The way you're wired isn't an excuse to not grow in the areas that we're weak. I mean, you know, Brian always jokes that, you know, I'm I'm more task-oriented, so I, I work better with machines than people, so I'll just stay in front of my screens, you know. But Brian also stretches and and he's been helping lead a jail group. And learning and he does he does well at it. And but even though it's not one of those things that he's exactly charged by. So it's not these areas, the way we're wired isn't an excuse to not grow where we're weak. But if we are to serve with longevity, it's important for you to know this kind of style, the way you're wired. This knowledge will keep you from burning out. It directs how you best serve with your gift. Passion. The other thing that that we may be born with, um, it it could be a God-given passion too. But but what I mean by passion is is where your God-given desires for, for serving motivate you and compel you. To, and, and that compelling is, is all about. I want to make a difference for the kingdom of God. I want to make an impact. Well, where, where is that? Where is that passion driving you to? I mean, when I mention these names, what are the things that you think of? Mother Teresa. I think of the needy, the poor. Uh, James Dobson. I think about the family. Uh, Billy Graham. The Miss Sue. I think about their children. Those people each have a specific passion for specific people. And they have gifts that help them serve those people. And as they, they serve in a general way, they discovered that passion. And it helped direct where they use their gifts. So how do you discover your spiritual gift, your, this, this style, your, your passion? Well, some of you have taken spiritual gift assessments before, I I bet. How many of you have done something like that? Raise your hand. Yeah, there's a few, quite a few of you here. Yeah, yeah. And others of you haven't. That's all right. You know, the truth is, is that all assessments are, are really limited. They, they can't, they can only point you in a, in a general direction. I mean, it, it's, they're, they're really like a puzzle. I mean, you, you find the, and, and this whole process of, of discovering your gifts is like a puzzle. And, and what do you do with a puzzle? You, you look for the edges, Right a little straight edge and you do the border first okay some of you don't do that you you do it the hard way okay um but anyway what i do is i do the border first and i have the framework and then i work inward from there and i find the other pieces a lot of times by trial and error well the process of discovering your gift is often like that and an assessment will help you narrow it down it might show you and provide the framework for discovering your spiritual gifts but it won't tell you what they really are i mean it it is really when you're in the mix of the body of Christ, the called out ones, that you have the opportunity to discover your gifts and be affirmed in them. The, the big part of the process for discovery takes place in the context of the church. And, and here's what I mean by that. In, in Acts 4.36... we're told about a man named Joseph from Cyprus, Cyprus, who had been participating with the church in a a very general way, and and he'd been participating uh, by giving, one of those general ways. Now, giving is a form of service, and it's even listed as a spiritual gift, like we just read in Romans 12. But this is not what others in the church there in Jerusalem recognized as Joseph's gift. Joseph always seemed to be encouraging people, and so much so that he's given a nickname, and the nickname is what we're all familiar, familiar with. It's Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Later in Acts, we see Barnabas carrying out his name. He's really doing it. He's going and encouraging Paul, who, just con- who was Saul and just came to Christ. And he's encouraging the apostles to receive Paul and not reject him. And he's encouraging a young man named Mark. You see, it really was his gift. You see, it was through hanging out and participating in general ways that Barnabas found his unique contribution through a spiritual gift of encouragement. You know, that was explored within the church and then was affirmed by the church around him who recognized it and even gave him his nickname. If Barnabas hadn't been participating in a general way within the church, it may have taken him a very long time to discover the specific way God had gifted him. In the same way, for those of you who are figuring out how God has gifted you, you you can start the discovery process by serving in general ways. And as you do this, there will be opportunities that will reveal your gifts, your style, your passion, and others in the church will recognize it and affirm it. So say you join a Highland team, you know, one of the four teams that serves on one of the Sundays, and you volunteer on a Sunday morning once a month, and, and you volunteer, you say, I'm going to help greet people at the door, because I know when I walked in, that, that felt really good to me when I walked in, and, and I, you know, I hate being alone in a crowd, and so I'm, I'm going to be a part of that. So, but you do it, and then you recognize that people-oriented stuff really kind of drains you. And you're like, oh, drats. So you served in a general way, but you also discovered that maybe you should switch to doing something more task-oriented. You know, the discovery process from general to specific has begun for you. That's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. You meet some people on your team, say, and, and you start going to their gel group. The gel group you find out goes and serves every now and then. And while serving at various places, you find affirmation at what you do best, how you best serve, and where you best serve. Your heart skips a little when you hear someone speak of a physical need that they have. And you find joy in serving them behind the scenes. And when you get notes from those people saying how it blessed them when you served them and how you're an answer to prayer, you start to realize that you are moving in God's strength when you do those things that other people don't seem to even see or, or, or to jump on those little moments or opportunities. But it seems like you're the, ones who, you're the one who recognizes it and responds to it. You, at that moment, are participating in God's mission within the body and, and outside the body. You're finding out those in the body at the same time you're finding out those who connect you to people in need. You, you, you hear from Jazz, who's the evangelist. You go, man, I met this brother who's really got this need. And, and you go, I got it. I'm there. And then you run into another person in your jail group who says, you know what? I just got this bonus, and I was asking God what I should do with it. And you're telling about how you're going to try to help with this, this need, but you need the materials. I'm there. I'm buying the materials for it. And all of a sudden, you're operating within the body, interdependent, connected with people operating in their gifts. Yeah, you may still set up chairs on Sunday morning. You serve in a general way. But now you know how you're gifted to serve in a specific and unique way that goes beyond Sunday morning. That's the pathway at Highland from general to specific Start with our teams and move into a gel. Start basic. Contribute to the body in unison with everyone else. And it really is like a body, the way it's described in Romans and 1 Corinthians 12. The fingers are connected to the hand, not the hip. If your fingers were connected to your hip, that would be really hard to do things, wouldn't it? It would be hard to accomplish a lot. You know, but... Fingers can do things toes can't, right? I mean, there's some things you can try to do with your toes, but it might disgust you if you tried that, to do things that you do with your hands. So, I mean, they are skilled to do things differently. They're gifted in different ways. But toes and fingers are both connected, in general, to the head, right? I mean, receiving instructions from the head on what to do, when to do it, and where to do it, I mean, I hope your brain tells your fingers and hands what to do, right? Your, your brain tells your feet where to go and what to do. I mean, you may not really concentrate on that and think about it real hard, but that's what happens, right? Same thing, Christ is our head. He directs us and directs the rest of the body. You know, the fingers do specific things, but within those fingers are cells that still do the general things, you know, they, they, they do the general things that the toes do too. The toes got those cells in them that do the, the general things, you know, delivering oxygen and nutrients to the body, getting rid of waste and the CO2. The, the, the fingers really like doing what they do for the body and through the body and, and its mission. But the fingers would never get to do it without the toes helping the feet move to where the fingers can do their service, right? I mean, my feet carry me over here so I can pick this up with my fingers. My toes give my feet balance. My toes even help me to run, to be fleet-footed. When the fingers need the toes. Can't work without them. Isn't that strange? Spiritual gifts are distributed by God's design and grace, and those gifts are diverse, those gifts are diverse even though they come from one spirit. We're, we're all interdependent. We're all different but we're connected to one another through Christ and his spirit. And just as diversity was not meant to be division, so unity is not meant to be conformity. We're not all alike. And unity is not achieved by being alike. Unity is achieved by having the same purpose, to love and honor God, to love and build up others. You know, within the body of Christ, there are certain gifts given to people to specifically help others in the church mature and be prepared to serve in the kingdom of God. Ephesians 4 talks about those specific gifts, gifts that are the strength of the church. The staff, the team that leads this church has those gifts, and we're ready to make ourselves available to you. To meet with you to encourage to pray and to seek out your next steps as you follow Christ and I want you to know that if you don't know what your gift is you can still participate in revealing Christ you can still participate in bearing fruit you can still participate in sharing grace and ministering it You can begin your discovery process by simply learning to obey Jesus. Do what he commands. If you love him, serve him. Start general, move to specific. In your move to general, to specific, simply ask the question. Just ask this, any of you, ask this question. How can I bless or serve those around me? You know, blessed is just another word for happy. How can I make someone around me happy and do that in the name of Christ? Just ask yourself that question. And I really believe that God will answer it for you. He'll he'll communicate to you what you should do, whether it's in your neighborhood, your workplace, your school, or your church. He'll let you know what to do. The question is, will you obey? I'm gonna have the the band coming up here, and, and we're gonna move in time, uh, into a time of responding and worship. We, we've been listening to the word of God and there is the worship that's deserved. I'm just saying, God, you're great. You made all this. You designed us. You gave us gifts, not, and you, not just eternal life, but you gave us purpose here on earth that we're to fulfill. Praise to you for that. Glory to you. You know, the, the context of this, this whole message on gifts is that... You gotta be in the body. You must be in Christ. You can search for a spiritual gift, but if there hasn't been a supernatural second birth, your search is gonna be fruitless. First things first. Christ, the spirit of Christ, has to be in your life first. With him comes the gift. Maybe you're in Christ, but you're not connected to the called-out ones. You haven't been connected to a church because you're kind of like, ah, eh, you know, institutional stuff. eh, blah. You know, I just, I just want to worship God. I just want to follow Him and serve Him. It's hard to do that, you know, when the finger is separated, laying on the floor, and not connected to the body, or the toes lopped off, and says, "I don't want to be a part of the body." we meant to work together trying to use your gift without connection to the body is futile it's like saying I'm going to do it all by myself I don't need the arm or the foot you know in the same way it's ridiculous to say I love God but I don't serve him you know what he bought your freedom if you love him serve him if you love him, serve him. The ball is in your court. It's been passed to you. The coach is yelling at you, shoot. Your team members are yelling at you, shoot. When the last times. It's time to live for something more than yourself. It's bigger purposes. Join God's purpose. Serve him. If you love him. Servant.